Coaches, entrepreneurs, high performers, and all those who are striving to make a positive impact on your community, welcome to Elevate. I'm your coach, Colin Mason, and my mission is to help you feel more in control. Expect to see massive growth in your mindset. Expect to see a difference in your energy levels and expect to discover how to create and maintain positive momentum. This podcast is designed to deliver action-packed strategies to help you systematically produce results that align with your ultimate vision. I can't wait to get started. Let's go. What is going on? Welcome back to Elevate. This is your host, Colin Mason, episode 143. Super excited to have a guest, my friend, Meg King on. We've been, we've been in contact. We've been friends for over a year and she is a courage coach and we talk a lot about vulnerability and courage and what it means. And the more I talk to her, the deeper we get in terms of our conversation, in terms of our analysis and our understanding and self-awareness and stuff. And so it is a an amazing episode. It is a great conversation and I can't wait to introduce her to you. Let's go. All right. Welcome back to Elevate. My name is Colin Mason. I'm with Meg. Meg, I'm just so excited that you're here. I'm so excited that you're here. We're going to dive into a lot of different topics today. A lot of things that I think aren't necessarily uh, talked about on a normal basis, normally like daily basis about courage, about fear, um, and just about positivity and what that means to us. And you're doing my favorite challenge of all time, 75 hard. So we'll dive into that a little bit too. So I'm just so glad you're here. And how are you? How are you doing? I'm wonderful. It's Wednesday, middle of the week. Can't complain. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for, for asking me to come on this. This is awesome. Of course. You're such an inspiration to me. And I mean, I've consumed a lot of your your podcast episodes and just your videos and just you're just an inspiration to just, you know, just step into that courage, be vulnerable and just accept and be willing to learn the lessons. I'm just so excited to talk to you and we, we go way back. So it's, it's fun to, uh, to reconnect, rekindle the, uh, the friendship and relationship and just, uh, I'm so excited. So tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're so passionate about right now. Sure. So, um, I'm Meg King. I'm a courage coach. I work with women who need help finding their red lipstick moment. It's it's what I look at as the thing that scares the living hell out of them, yet have all of these stories that keep them from doing it. So for example, I personally do not wear red lipstick. I, I do not like it. I don't feel beautiful. It feels like I look like a clown. Yet I see these women wear bright red lipstick and all different types of women, all different sizes, shapes, ethnicities. And I feel like they all look beautiful, but I don't like wearing red lipstick. So I started having this conversation with my coach around this red lipstick challenge. And it's those moments, those things that you want to do in life that you don't feel confident about, or you don't feel that you, that it looks good on you or that you're smart enough or fast enough or whatever it is. And I tagged it our red lipstick moment. So I work with women as kind of helping them be able to achieve that red lipstick moment. And I do that through courage coaching, right? So that's what I love doing. That is my passion. Um, on the other side, I'm a business education teacher in the high school. So kids that, you know, we're inner city, low income, um, a lot of low uh, SES, a lot of minorities that don't understand their chances um, and even the 
opportunities, but it means to be a business. So I came in a few months ago and started creating real life experiences for these kids to understand that it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, how much money your family um, has, or the education is that business and entrepreneurship um, is really available as, as long as you put your, your mind to it. So, um, as also a passion of mine. So it's kind of cool to have two areas in my world that I get to work with humans. I get to bring my love to business and I get to also be a, I don't know if you'd call it a role model, but someone that is walking um, the talk because I can't preach if I'm not willing to do it. So it, it also provides a better life for me because it's holding me accountable to what I'm preaching, I've got to be able to do it myself, which then makes my life that much more exciting. Mm. You are a role model. Let me just say that real quick. You definitely are a role model. Thank so <laughs> make sure, yeah, like from, from this point on, like you're not like kind of a role model, like you are, you are, and you're just incredible. Um, my, my whole family are teachers, my parents, my uncle, my grandmother, like everyone's a teacher. And so, um, and I'm a coach. So I, I'm kind of a teacher, but just in a different space. And so I just, I understand like how powerful yet semi-frustrating that role can be. And so I just want to, you know, like let you know, like what you're doing is making an impact. Um, you may not see it on the day to day when you're in the trenches, but um, you're making an impact. And so you are a role model and you are making an impact. So let's just put that on the table right now and Thank acknowledge you. that. So it's important. Um, so how, how did this courage coaching start? It is such a unique, it's just so unique. I don't, I've never seen it before. And yet it is so powerful because people, they maybe don't even know that they need it. They're just like, oh, like something's off, but maybe, you know, this is something, I don't know. It's just so, it's so interesting and unique. How did it even come to be? Yeah. You know, for a lot of years, so my background is in therapy. I did trauma therapy before I went into the business world. And then um, I realized that something was missing in my world and everyone would tell me like, well, you, you can do anything. Like you always just, you pick up and you go. And, and I always knew that I, I mean, some people called it a risk taker, risk taker. Some people called it that I had a lot of courage, but I never really labeled it to about maybe a year ago when um, I was discussing my business, I was discussing my, my ideal client and I kept being told by many people like you should do relationship coaching or you should do trauma coaching because that was my experience. I was, a, I was a, a marriage counselor. I worked in trauma with you know foster care, but it wasn't clicking. And then um, I was having a conversation and I remember someone telling me, so kind of even going back for about four years ago, me and my husband lost our third child. So we had had a lot of infertility issues. Um, we had three miscarriages prior. Uh, we almost lost our first biological son um, at childbirth. So when we got pregnant with Therese, everything was great. Everything was fine. We were going to have um, my first biological daughter. I have a stepdaughter. Um, and then we got the news that she was diagnosed trisomy 18. So it's one of those trisomy um, disorders, kind of like Down syndrome. Um, and the chances of survival were less than 1%. So 
we went to doctors, we wanted to see what our options were. And we in the state of Wisconsin, there's a law that after a certain amount of time, you can't make the decision to deliver early because it's then considered, um, it's, I don't know, the, the legal term of it, whatever. So we had to make a decision whether or not we were gonna take her to term knowing that she was not gonna survive term or we had to deliver her early knowing that we were going to trigger that delivery. So we all know this whole conversation of life and abortion, it's so much, so much filled and we all have so many different beliefs on it. So me and my husband made the decision that she was held, like she was strong at that time. We wanted to have the best opportunity for us to get to meet. Also, we were told that if I carried her longer, it would put my health in danger. But fast forward a little bit, we went along and we induced early. Um, we went to try to meet her, you know, see if she was going to survive um, childbirth, which she didn't. But I remember the conversation I was having was that someone told me that there was no way that they could have done what I did. You know, it was actually a friend of mine who had lost her daughter about a week after childbirth. And I thought that her situation was traumatic. I was like, could you even survive bringing your child to term and then losing her where I didn't bring my child to term. You know, she was seven and a half months. And I just made this decision with my husband because we knew that was best for my family and was best for my health. And she told me that what I did was this, such this courageous way of being but it didn't click at that time. So now I'm gonna move a little bit further as I got pregnant with my youngest. I was about eight months pregnant and I had not had one picture of myself pregnant with her. And I had this daydream and I remember having this argument with her in my dream and she was yelling at me, she was 18. And she said, mom, you never loved me because you were so heartbroken over losing Therese that you never took care of me. And I remember in that moment, I was like, oh my God, like I have been this victim. And, and I don't mean victim where like you're a true victim of crime or assault or anything. I mean, victim where woe is me is I had this, these, these losses and I rightfully so could have been, you know, I was a victim. I should have felt like shit. It did not feel good. But I remember in that moment when this, this fake conversation with my not born yet daughter and I said, I'm looking at this world with everything that's wrong. And I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on all of the bad things that have happened to me. And I was in this moment where I'm like, okay, do I get excited to be pregnant with Tegan? Cause does that mean I have to then not grieve Therese or do I grieve Therese and not be excited to be pregnant with Tegan? And this is this balance thing where I feel like in the world today, you have to be Republican or Democrat, you have to be happy or sad. You have to be one or the other. And my experience, like, especially as a therapist, thank the Lord that I was a therapist, it was a dialectical way of thinking. You can be excited that I was about to have this baby that was healthy and I was going to deliver in a month. And I could be depressed and sad because I lost my other daughter. So when I realized that I could live in that world, it started to get me to understand what is my greatest strength. But the more people told me that I was one that took risks or that I 
like didn't seem that stuff bothered me. It started to connect with me that I am a very courageous person. I've moved all across the world, you know, by myself. I've I've made decisions about my children that some people would tell me that I'm wrong and I'm still okay with being in conversations with people when they believe that the decision I made was not the right decision. And I can still love them for that. You know, so when I started to connect, so it was this whole, well, let's, yeah. So it was this whole experience of losing Therese, being yelled at by my future daughter in this dream that the only way that I could find balance was to have courage. We have stories, right? Like I'm sure you have stories, Colin, where something has happened to you. You have a before and an after this, this experience. And somehow that before those stories that, that have come out of these experiences are getting in all of our way to actually live our best life, right? So I think that's really what I started to, to put it all together was my stories, my trauma, my bad experiences, they have taken place and they make me a better person. So one of my, one of my role models is um, Dean Graciosi and he always said, your mess is your message. And I believe that all of that crap that happens in our world is, is an amazing opportunity for us to take it and then go tell our story. However, it takes a lot of courage to live in that because it is painful. Some people will not agree with you. Um, but I do know that if you don't step into it, your life will continue to play out those patterns and those stories that bring us misery. So it was kind of, you know, it started from trauma and it came from being okay with making some of the decisions that um, I would not put on my worst enemy, you know? So, yeah. Well, I'm sending you so much love. I mean, everyone in my community is just can just feel like you're just, you're so um, just powerful um, and your message and your story and just, we're just sending you tons of love. Um, and you said one of my favorite words in there is and because I think it is so this or that it's uh, yes that's either I'm happy or I'm sad it's it's very black or white and and I think it's just not said enough and it's not ingrained into our into our uh, belief and into our just our vocabulary enough and so I just I love that and I, I guess I have so many questions. Like I have so many, I just want to go deep and just like pick your brain and just like hear, hear everything you have to say. Do you think that courage for yourself, was it, was it created or was it always in you? Like, is it something that's just in us that just needs to be brought out? Or is it something that you kind of manifested through what you listen to or what you read or what you believe or anything like that? I know that's kind of a weird question. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's actually a really good question because I've I've wondered that. And I think it's a little bit of both. So I do believe resilience and being adaptable is kind of innate in us. However, I do think courage is a muscle. So I can't expect to run a mile if I've never ran before, right? So when it comes to courage, 
some people are really good at it just because they're they're more athletic in in per se you know they're more courageous because they have a little bit more gifts that help them do that but those who might not have um might not have that characteristic they just have to practice um there are areas in my life that courage came very easy like i could pick up and i could move across the country very easily However, you ask me to have a tough conversation where I have to tell someone that they messed up. Oh my mm. God, I couldn't do it. Like I would create lies and try to like, like being a fly in the wall for me trying to quit a job when I was in my twenties. I'd like, I would have, I would have a disease or I would be moving. I'd make up excuses because I couldn't hurt people's feelings. So I had to start to practice and I had to start being like, okay, I got to tell the truth. Even though it's going to hurt their feelings, I got to practice the truth. And there'd be times where I'd fumble through it, but I'd own it and then I'd come right back. So some areas, yeah, come really easy for me. And then other areas like hurting people's feelings or standing up for myself, putting my, my worth or value before other people, that, that is a constant fight and a battle that I have to practice every day. So I think some have it easier and I think that others are going to have to work at it, but I think it's different for every person. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I wrote that down, actually, just like we have to practice being courageous, because it is not something I think it maybe is something that we feel like it will just happen. Well, well, I'll just have the courage when I need it. And I think what you said kind of solidified my thought is like, wait, we have to like practice being courageous, like daily almost or, or, or every so often. So that when there is like a huge challenge that we're faced with, it's not just this like huge identity shift or something that has to happen. It's like with already within you, like I am someone that steps into, mm -hmm. into my courage and I'm, I'm a courageous person. Does that make sense? Like I, I does that like align with what you said? Cause that, yeah, I, I think it's a hundred percent. And again, it's all situational too. So I think that every single person has a form of it. It's just whether or not you've experienced it and or what are your stories around courage? So I think that's a thing too. That's where I love working with clients is sometimes we have stories that tell us that we aren't courageous when really we just had an experience that caused a belief that now our actions are just reaffirming our experience belief, you know, and then it's this pattern, it's the circle. Then we always are looking up and we're not, we're never moving forward. Amazing. Amazing. How, how can we practice it? Like, all right, like, all right, Megan, Colin, like, right. Like I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm up for the challenge. Like, you know, like, how do we do it? Like how, how, I don't know. How, how can we yeah, practice it? I, I, I wish, I wish I had a great answer, but go back to the, my red lipstick moment. So my red lipstick moment, and we have a mutual friend Paige, which she's going to call me out after she listens to this, but I told her my red lipstick moment was to dance in front of people. She taught me how to dance. I practice it, but I have not yet danced in front of anyone because of it. So I think it's identifying what it is that scares the living crap out of us. Like what it, what is those things? So it used to be for me, public speaking. I actually really enjoy that right now because I do it enough. But again, you ask me to dance in front of someone, I'm going back to like, school where you're afraid that everyone's going to pick on you and make fun of you and your confidence like is so easily shattered so I think it's first identifying what it is 
that you're afraid of or what do you need some courage in your life? And then paint your picture. That's your red lipstick moment. And guys can wear and have red lipstick moments too. But you identify what is your red lipstick moment and then you take it back. All right, you know, so my first step was to learn to dance. Before that though, I had to ask someone to teach me how to dance. Mm -hmm. So that was my first step was I had to send an email to Paige and be like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you teach me? That almost took me about a week to put into writing and actually send it. That alone scared the living crap out of me. So you have to put it in steps that feel obtainable and not so big. Because if you were just to say, Meg, go on stage, some people could do that. That Because dancing to them isn't fearful. So that's why you can't say all of our, like, not every single person's different. It's those things that, that affect you personally. And then take it back and break it down like small steps. Because the more you have wins, the more you're going to want to have more wins. So that would be my advice. Which, shoot, now it makes me think that I got to get back to dancing. <laughs> you absolutely do. I was going to challenge you a little bit. I'm like, well, then that's something that we're going <laughs> to do pretty soon. That's for that's for, for uh... dang sure. What, which actually, uh, like, I started to think, like, what's mine? Like, what's my thing? And when you said public speaking, like, definitely. Like, that was it for me. Um, and I, when I was a freshman, I got cut from the – quick quick story. I'll make it really quick. I got cut from the baseball team my, my freshman year. And I wanted to be a part. I was like, I can't leave baseball. Like, I can't leave sports. Like, I, this is my identity. Like, I want to be a part. Of it. So I talked with the coach and the coach was like, yeah, like, why don't you come on as like a kind of like a, like a student manager and just help me with stats and stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, halfway through the year, um, he pulled me into his office and was like, Hey, like I see something in you, which I get goosebumps actually, as I said that, because it's changed my entire life. And he's like, I, I want to kind of take you under my wing and be like coach. I want to teach you how to coach. I'm like, okay. Like I, my identity is now I am a coach. And so he, um, my sophomore, junior, and senior year, he had me um, take. I had the outfielders and the hitters, and I would prep, like make their practice plans. And every single day, three or four times, I would have to stand up and address them as a team, and talk about like what went well, like what do we need to improve on, like how can we, you know, how can we continue to level up. And so I had to public speak every single day, three, four, five times. And when I tell you my face was bright red for the first half of the year, every single time I had to stand up, I'm a, like a sophomore standing in front of seniors, people like I look up to like coaching staff and me as this little guy is like supposed to be this author like authoritative figure, like no way. And so, but after like junior and senior year, like I was so confident with my messaging and it led me to start a podcast. Now I love speaking. Like it's, and now I'm coaching like as what I do, you know? And it's like, it's that moment of him being like, stand up in front of this crowd in front of this team that people that like are looking up to you and expecting like your message to make sense and actually help them. Um, that was a really courageous moment for me. And <clears throat> like, for me, I knew I had to step into that fear to be able to do what I want to do now. And I still get nervous public speaking. Every time I record a podcast, I like get this like little imposter syndrome fear that I'm like, Oh, like, what if it's not good? Like, what if I stutter? And I start my sentences, stop, restart my, like I am a, not a good public speaker. Let me say that right now, but I'm way better now than I was when I was a sophomore. And it just took the repeat, like the repetition of stepping into that courage. And so thank you for helping me label that and really articulate. Yeah. It and I think yeah. you nailed something too, is that you still aren't like, I mean, you're amazing at what you do, but like 
there's sometimes people see that and they're like, well, how is he even afraid? And then they compare themselves to you and they don't know that you still go through some fear. It doesn't mean that fear is gone. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is that ability to keep moving when you don't feel like you can keep going. You know, when you get the anxiety, when you get the sadness and continuing to put your foot in front of it when you don't think that you what you can. And just because you have courage does not mean life is easy. It's still tough. It's just easier than it was a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. You know, the anxiety might've lasted you, what, 10 minutes, like, like an hour, two hours. Now it might be 10 minutes. I think that's what people have to be conscious of is courage doesn't mean you're never afraid and courage doesn't mean that life is easy courage just means you recuperate faster or you move quicker or you don't beat yourself up that long after or it doesn't affect you 24 hours later so courage just means life is exhilarating and you're continuing to move through it and that's what i think is powerful and i think that's what your story painted is that yeah it's scary as all hell but you keep doing it and now look at where you are you know and I think people just have to sit in that pain or that discomfort I always say get comfortable with being uncomfortable mm -hmm. that's when I know it's so cliche but that is truly where like greatness happens and and that's that piece is the courage to take you there and that's hard trusting it's a lot of courage to trust. <laughs> 100%, 100%. I mean, you nailed it. I wrote this down and now it's going to be part of my verbiage, whatever, however <laughs> you say that. Like courage is not the absence of fear. Like boom, like Mike drop on that because like I think maybe but if we weren't talking about that, that's maybe like what we think. Oh, courage. Oh, they're so courageous. They can just do everything. They can just go out like no fear whatsoever. And it's like, so not the truth. It's the complete opposite. Like it is not the absence of fear It's recognizing that there's fear there and continuing to, to push forward. Yeah. Maybe. I'm going to try to find a quote for you while yeah. we're talking here too. Yes, and I'm going to let you know, but let's keep going. But I'm going to look for this quote. This is my mic drop quote about courage. I kind of changed cool. my life, but let's keep going too. Cool. Let, let me, let me continue to tell some stories because I, I, man, I have so many times where, um, well, let's, let's start here. A lot of my community, um, are entrepreneurs, coaches, people who like want to make an impact, you know, put their, put their face out there, put their message out there. Um, whether it be on the internet, I, I, that's mainly the people that I have in my community, a lot of like an internet entrepreneurs, people, coaches and stuff like that. And so, you know, I, I'll have a lot of conversations with friends, you know, friends of mine who are in the same space as me and they'll, they'll be like, yeah, like I'm nervous about posting this video and I'll be like, oh, cool. Like, this is fun. Like why, <laughs> you know, like, like good, because, um, what I've noticed is like when I, when I am the most, when, how do I say this? Like when I'm the most nervous about putting something out there, that's when it has the most impact because it is way deeper and way more meaningful than maybe surface level. So when I go deeper into my stories or into my lessons or into whatever I'm going into, it's like, they, like they feel that and it has way more impact and I'll have to get the most response in a positive way. Even though I'm like, oh, like what if people don't like it? What if they hear it? Like, what if they don't um, understand it? Whatever, whatever the, the story is in our brain um, yep. or our heart, like no matter, like whatever, whatever that voice is like, oh, you shouldn't post this because, or you shouldn't say this because um, I'm, I always love to dig into me. Like, why? Like, why am I so fearful of this right now? You know? Um, and whenever I end up doing it, I feel the most relief because I'm like, okay, I just 
subconsciously kind of stepped into that courage, like that courageousness of, I don't even know what's word, but just like, I'm, I'm in, I'm in that zone of being courageous because I'm pushing through that fear. So yeah, I just, yeah, I we used that. to call it when my coaching program, we um, used to call any time that fear came up, it was your saboteur. It was mm. your, your person that comes and tells you all of the reasons why you cannot do it. And the battle is with your saboteur and getting them to um, quiet. Cause they're always going to be there, right? It's just whether or not um, you entertain it. And then for how long, how long, cause you're never going to get negative thoughts out of your head. Like it's impossible. I think people need to come to terms with that. Like it's going to happen now that you accept it. Are you moving from it faster or are you living with it? And I think that's that piece is your so here's the quote yeah. oh you got it perfect yeah courage isn't about having the strength to carry on courage is carrying on when you don't have the strength that mm. that was that for me when i read that was like oh shit like courage isn't about you know being miserable and dragging through the life it's about finding strength when you just don't have it so yeah that that quote for me is top five all-time favorite quotes yeah can you say that one more time actually sure courage isn't about having the strength to carry on courage is carrying on when you don't have the strength mm, i'm telling you that's amazing that's really awesome oh i knew i was gonna love this i knew i was gonna love this this episode <laughs> this is gonna be this is so fun um before I love it. Um, before we, before we press record, um, we talked a lot about environment and I I just want to dive into that just for a minute, because I think what I've noticed, um, in myself is that I am a very receptive to the environment I'm in. I'm kind of a sponge in that regard of like, I kind of take over, um, the vibe or the, I don't even know, just the environment. I kind of take on that. And, um, it's something that I'm working on. I don't know if it's bad or good, you know, like, like this is a perfect example of what we talked about before in this episode. Like it's not good or bad. Like it could be a good or bad, like it could be, you know, it's not good or bad, whatever. I just connected that. So (laughs) it can be both, (laughs) right. It can be both. Like, I don't, yeah, it's not a good nor bad thing, but yeah. So environment, um, I don't even know where to go from here because I just, I just want to talk about it. Is there anything that you want to talk about in terms of environment? And we'll just go from there. Yeah. You know, I, you, I would say that I would be a self-proclaimed drama queen. And I wouldn't say like, um, the kind of the Hollywood picture of drama queen. What I would say is like, when I was younger, I had to have drama in my life because for some reason, I was always finding those environments, right? And what I realized throughout the years is that I wasn't feeling good about myself, but I didn't know why. So I needed an excuse. So I allowed people's drama to become my drama, right? So I was a sponge like you. I was starting to connect other people's trauma or stress because I needed some way to explain why I wasn't feeling whole. So when I started to understand that a lot of my like emotions, like if I was around a group of people that were all talking negatively and all hated their life, I would jump in and be like, yeah, the world sucks. And then I go and I'll be around people who like 
are the happiest people. And I'd be like, oh my God, my life is great too. And I started to notice that I wasn't being authentic because I was fitting in. I was a chameleon. And some people think that that's a great thing to do. And in certain situations it is, but I wasn't being authentic and I was still being exhausted because I'm wearing all of these masks, right? To fit into the environment. And sometimes it got to that point where, um, well, probably more recently, I started to understand that everyone else's world is their world. And the more that I fit into that, it causes me to get further away from what my authentic self was. So now I had to kind of cut the cord and be like, especially with those who had negative energy, I had to be courageous about the idea where I couldn't engage in those conversations. I, I had to separate myself or I had to be honest. I'd have to say, hey, kind of hold the space. I think we've talked about this is, do you need to vent or do you need a solution? And if you need to vent, great, then let me sit here. I'll give you five minutes, go below the line and let's just get it out but then we're done and I can't carry on. If you need to carry on, I'm not the person for you. So I had to be honest with what my boundaries were. And I think that that's really what I've learned over the years is that I am okay. I'm a therapist by, by nature. I'm okay to hear your, your problems, but I'm also a coach now and we have to get solution focused. And there are people out there that have more of a pessimistic view on the world and I get it because life is rough for us and they might not have the skills to get out of it. And that doesn't make them bad people. It just makes them not yet people that could be in my world hundred percent because it's draining for me. So if you're willing to, to have these conversations and you're willing to, to jump into solution focus, then I am always going to be, be there because to your point, it's, I'm a sponge. I will sometimes take your stress. I will sometimes take your depression. I'll sometimes take your agony away. I come home and I'm now depressed and you're living your best life out here because you don't feel it anymore because I just took it from you. So I think, it, I think when we talk about environment and about courage, I think we have to get honest with what are our boundaries. Some people can live in that drama. Some people do really good and they like, it doesn't bother them. They can talk negative, like negative for like an hour, two, three hours and they can go home and live their best life and it does not affect them. And man, am I jealous of that because it is draining to do that. So I think you have to know what your boundaries are and you have to be okay that you might have to step into an environment that not many people are there and you have to be okay with yourself. You have to love yourself and you have to, to honor that. And man, that's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, yeah. Super tough. I, I, I connect with everything you just said. And in fact, I try to seek out people who I want to be like, right? Like I try to create my community, my network of people um, to, to, yeah, to like be, it was actually so funny. I was on the phone with my dad the other night and he's like, oh, how's it going? And I was like, I was like, actually funny, funny thing. If you look at my top 10 people I spend the most time with nine out of 10 of them, I've actually never met them in person. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, they're all people I've met online. I've never actually shaken their hand. And he goes, like, how do you even do that? And it was, it was just funny at a conversation. Cause like the generational difference. Um, 
because yeah, it's like, because I found these people online and they are my people. Like they are the people who kind of look through the world in kind of a positive light and are just like optimistic and just like want to level up and to, and to be better and to impact. And, you know, and those are the kinds of people I want to spend my time with. And so saying what you're talking about, like environment and like community as well. It's like, there are opportunities to find people that will put you in the, in the state of mind or like the place that you want to be. I don't know. I just was thinking that as you were saying that, I'm like, that's really, that's interesting. Um, and I just love the whole, like, do you need to vent or are we in solution <laughs> mode? Like let's <laughs> distinguish it. Like, let's like figure this out. Um, because uh, if you don't do that, it can get kind of, um, you don't know. Right. And yeah. you could be in solution mode and they're in vent mode and there there's a disconnect and like there, that could be a, a, a problem. So yeah, I just, three I hours that. later, you guys are mad at each other because exactly. one's trying yeah. to fix the other. The other one just wants to be heard. I think it's that traditional man, female relationships. Like hundred percent. It, I think it's okay to vent. It's even okay to complain. I'm not saying that because life is hard. However, if you want a better chance at a better life, you got to know when I when able to turn it off. And if you can't, you got to be able to tell those who aren't able, you got to be able to walk away. And that's a boundary mm -hmm. thing. And -wee. still struggling with that. Something yeah. I continuous, continuously it's, work on. For right. Sure. <laughs> yep. Um, there's a lot of coaches who listen to this podcast. And so I think that's a really good thing to, to hear as well about like, boundaries as well as the venting versus solution because i think as coaches we're generally in a solution mode where we're like okay there's a problem let's solve the problem um where i think and i don't quote me on this at all but i think a therapist is more of a hold space as opposed to solution driven don't i don't know that for sure am i kind of true on in, that or is it in my different? opinion yes and that's why i kind of left it was that you get your client to the present you work on their past you get them to the present and then nine out of 10 times, they don't stay with you to work on the future. Mm. Coaching is you get them at their present, you hold space for their past, but you're moving them towards the future. So you're helping them live in that and. So yes. therapy is more of the yes, but this happened to me. Coaching is more like, yes, and I'm going to mm. do this about it. So that's how I differentiate. So I think you're right on. I love that. And thank you for, for, making that really clear for me. Um, cause that really helps moving forward as well, just in my mind. So, wow, this is, I'm telling you so awesome to talk <laughs> with you. Like this is such, such great stuff. Um, and I do want to transition just a little bit because this is something that I'm just curious about. And this is that 75 hard challenge. And it's something that I just completed. I just went through it, failed it a couple times before, but I was, I was able to, to push through it, step into that courage and just do the things, um, that I promised myself I'm going to do. So I would love to hear about your experience so far. I think you're on day three. Am I correct day on that? Three. Day yep. three. It's you have so much ahead of you. It's just so it's so exciting. <laughs> I know that's um, the bad side. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so like I guess the, the first question I have about it is like why? Like, why did you decide to do this? Yeah, so I saw you on day one when you committed to it and you put it out there. So the accountability, you put it out there for all of us to hold you accountable to. And then I saw you on like day 14, you posted something. And then I think I saw you get on like 24. And then I wrote to you, cause I think it was like, I mean, we're both from the Midwest and I think it was snowing. It was like almost below zero. And I like in my head, I was like, what the hell is he doing? But I think I wrote to you and I said, oh my God, this is so amazing. Keep going, you're awesome. And in my head, I'm like, this kid's crazy. And then I saw you do it again, but again, it hadn't clicked. 
And then I think it was day 71 for you. You posted. It was around 70, 72. You had posted and I was like, holy shit, like that went by really fast. I'm sorry, I swear often. My bad. No, oh yeah. No, all good. <laughs> um, me too. So I think it was around that the 70 mark. And I'm like, oh my God, he's only got a few more days to go. Like I almost felt like I was like going through it with you while I was drinking my beer, while I was eating out, you know, fast food. And I was like, this is pretty amazing. So you're the inspiration on why I even considered thinking about it, but I didn't think about it until about last week when you finished. And then my birthday was coming up, um, 36. And I was like, well, I can't start until after my birthday. And I was like, you know what? I have more since probably since I turned 32, I've been giving myself birthday gifts that were about mental health and about supporting myself, um, kind of like challenges in the way. And I was like, you know, this would be the best birthday gift is that I'm, I'm a courageous person. I believe that I have my life set up in a way that I'm, I'm like truly content. The one area um, that I struggle with is mental toughness. I, I don't follow through often. So I can step out and live with courage, but those are moments, right? That's not a long period of time where you're committing to something. So when I saw 75 hard, I was like, oh God, 75 days. I even counted out 75 days and I was like, oh my God, this is into July. I'm a teacher. I'm going to be the summer and I'm not going to like be able to drink or, you know, you know, have cheat meals. And I was like, this is probably the best time to do it because one, it'd be a great birthday gift. And then two, if I can prove to myself and I really don't have to prove to myself, but if I could show myself or honor myself that I am able to follow through with something longer than moments, then I don't know if I could ever say that my life wasn't fully fulfilled because that's that one piece that's left for me is my mental toughness. And it always has been, I've, I'm a college athlete, so I know what mental toughness is, but then there are areas that I really struggled with, like with confidence and um, sticking with things when things get hard. So I felt like it was a cool program. I don't like diet programs. I don't like exercise programs. The fact that this was a program for mental health and your brain and your heart and your soul, I thought that this was so much different than anything that I'd ever done. And the fact that I like had seen you go through it, I was like, all right, well, it's possible. Like people do this, they accomplish this crazy feat of 75 days of all of this nonsense. And I got excited. And the minute I get excited means that I'm usually afraid. And I, I mean, I'm a courage coach. How could you say no to something that scared the living crap out of you? So that's why I did it. So thanks yeah. a lot, Alan. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Yeah, I, I there is a there is as you were saying that I was like, oh, there was definitely moments of courage, but it was also a daily occurrence. And so, like we were talking about like before about how to practice courage, like it's such a good idea. I didn't even connect it really. The 75 hard and courage because it was like the, it was like freezing, snowing, like oh, like I don't want to get out there, but it was like, okay, I'm going to push through. And it wasn't necessarily 
fear, but it was just that discomfort. And I think yep. it's all kind of correlated. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be uncomfortable. Like, I don't, I'm not really looking forward to this. But it was like this daily decision, daily practice of courageousness. I don't, again, yep. I don't know if that's a word, but yeah, just like, it was awesome. And so I'm so glad that you're going through it. It's so, it's just so exciting. I can't wait to watch your, <laughs> your journey. Oh, man, I'm just, you're, you're incredible. Thank you so much um, for talking with me and just like going, going deep. And it's just amazing, amazing stuff. Um, I always ask this question because it is something that's changed my life. And it's, and it's basically really simple. It's just like, is there a book or a resource or something that you've come across that has impacted you in such a way that my community needs to get their hands or eyes on it? Other yeah, than so the quote. I have, yeah, I have two people that, you know, in very different, um, well, here we go. So the yep. most obvious one that everyone most likely has heard of is Tony Robbins. So I came, I've always known about him, but I really came to study him about probably pre COVID right around like maybe October, November. Um, and the way that he carried himself through conversations with people he was able, he's able to hold people with so much love, yet so much accountability. Mm. And that is what I is, is inspired to be. Aspire, inspire. Yeah, you get it. So like Tony Robbins is who is huge for me. He's, he's my go-to um, guru when it comes to mental health and, and just self-development. And then the other is that um, someone you know too is Lexi, is my coach. So I met Lexi randomly scrolling through Instagram. So Lexi Galuski, she is a business and a soul. So, oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to say it right. Soul entrepreneur. Soul entrepreneur. And she works with people connecting your business to your soul work. And, you know, every time people ask me, how did you get to where you are? She was the person that linked everything for me. I was doing really good up into meeting her. But she has this ability to connect all of the dots for you and see things the way. And I really think that you are a lot like Lexi. You guys are very similar to, in my opinion. And there's something that she did when she carried space with me that pushed me further than I'd ever been pushed. Um, and I don't think I would be, actually, I would not be teaching if it wasn't for her. Um, my business would not be started and up and running if it wasn't for her. And, you know, especially if your crowd is entrepreneurs looking to grow your business from a marketing standpoint, um, I think she is a great resource. And I'm sure that you've, you've shared her contact as well, but, um, yeah, Lexi Godlewski, she's on Instagram, um, absolutely amazing she just moved to hawaii like, hawaii yeah hell like living the life like from new york to hawaii like it's just amazing so she's someone too that kind of like us is a, a small business owner who is out there changing the world so yeah, yeah those are my two she well both of them are absolutely incredible um lexi has changed my life she helped me actually shape my life because i actually met her she came and spoke at my school and I was sitting in the audience, like this eager young little kid, like, <laughs> like wanting to like, I started my, I'm actually wearing the shirt right now. I started my athletic apparel business. So like I was starting to get a taste of entrepreneurship, like, oh, this is fun. Like this is the world is like, I can create anything, you know, it was like kind of one of those moments. And she came and spoke at my school and I'm like, okay, she's incredible. Like I have to talk to her. And I was, I'm very introverted, which you may not even realize I'm very introverted. And so like, 
going up to talk to her was like kind of uncomfortable for me. And the, I'm telling you the minute that we started talking, I'm like, Oh, this is, this is going to be unique. Like this is an interesting relationship that we're starting to form. And, um, um, we traded contact information the first day. And on the second day I brought her one of my positivity shirts and was like, Hey, wrote her a nice, like, like long letter, just like thanking her for talking with me. And like a week later, she messaged me on Instagram and was like, Hey, like, let's hop on a call real quick. And I'm like, cool. Like, I wonder what this is. And, um, I like she started coaching me changed my life like completely changed my life and I actually owe her everything because she sowed that sowed that seed is that even the way you say I'm, I don't even know I whatever she she planted <laughs> the seed with it. most people yeah. won't ask you if it's sure. right or wrong I, I ask I want to make <laughs> sure I get it right you. <laughs> <laughs> she planted the seed of like you if you're gonna grow a business you have to do it from a place that aligns with what who you are who you want to be and <clears throat> I'll be honest with you, if I, I think it was always kind of in me, but if she didn't guide me with that vision in mind, I don't think I would be the person I am today. So I legitimately owe her everything in terms of, well, yes, everything, but especially in terms of the way I operate my business and the way I operate my life. Because yeah, she, so I talk about her all the time, but yes, amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah, no, I, I just think that, I mean, she's the reason that I linked the courage, my, you know, the whole courage coach thing is because she just has this way about understanding your heart when you're not yet ready to see it. And um, I think for any entrepreneurs who, even if you're established, like we all need to go through um, <clears throat> seasons of growth, you know, and I think that she's one that is, is able to connect that. So yeah, she's, she's been a huge influence for me. So yeah. That's and how I'll, we met is through Lexi. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, I'll make sure to put like, like Tony and Lexi in the show notes. So if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I want to get in those people's worlds. Like I got you, I got you. Um, Perfect. Meg, this has been absolutely amazing. Um, you're just way over delivered. Everything about you is just absolutely incredible. And so if my community is listening to this, like I need to get in contact, I need to connect with Meg. I need to be in her world. Where can my community go to find you and to learn more about what you're doing? Sure. So I have a website. It's www.megkingco.com. So M-E-G-K-I-N-G-C-O.com. That's kind of like my coaching business. Um, I live mostly on Instagram, same at Meg King Co. And then I have a podcast, um, The True You. And it's kind of a play on words where you is like the university. My dream is to have some form of school or um, club, um, and I'm an athlete, so it's the true you where I really talk about my journey of courage and things that are happening in my world that even I, as a coach, become the student, so it's kind of my journey and experience, and, that's, and I think that's on most podcast platforms, too. So those are my three big um, areas where I, I play. Amazing. Meg, I just want to say thank you again for taking the time and just being courageous coming on here and allowing me to be courageous as well with my public speaking, continuing to practice and perfect it. So you're the best. You're the best. Yes, thank, thank you so you much. Thank you for having me.